0: The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejelon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebeneesintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory.
1: to be back this is dr bell and we're returning with our podcast ebony's in the ivory i have my lovely co-host with me dr Paul.
0: hey y'all
1: and we just want to first thank you all for bearing with us um as we went on break for the holidays we took some much needed rest and we engaged in much needed self-care Management. So, um, we definitely want to thank you guys for speaking with us and returning with us for the new year. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. This is our year Woo-hoo. to prosper um, and just to accomplish all the goals that we set forth. So, we're just excited to have you all along for the ride and a part of our community. Um, we want to make sure that you guys continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Um, our Twitter page, Evs in the Ivory. Our Instagram, Ebony's in the Ivory. Our Facebook, Ebony's in the Ivory, <laughs> and our SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. So as you see, we have a lot of social media outlets and a lot of ways to connect um, to you all and produce and, and show you all the, the fresh content that we have. So again, we appreciate you guys hanging out for the ride with us, and also don't forget to visit our website where we um, post our blogs and. We post links to our podcast, www.ebeneesandtheivory.com. And it's accessible on your phone as well. So you have no excuse not to connect with
0: us. Yep. On the go, always. So obviously we took the break to kind of revive ourselves, refresh our minds and just sort of enjoy time off. I think like we talked about in our last um, episode in the season finale, just how important it is to really sort of shut down, off for a little bit and mm-hmm. to be able to do that was really important to us particularly as we wanted to set a good example for all of you um right. that would kind of be silly of us to encourage you to take good care of yourself and your bodies and your mind and we wouldn't do that too so i do know people have asked like when is it coming back and so we're finally back so i'm very excited that we're here um we back we back we back <laughs> <laughs> um clearly our laughter is continuing in season two so get yeah, used to I'm that more. Yeah, it's be, yeah it's probably gonna be yeah it's probably okay. gonna be worse so <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm excited that over the break just getting to um get almost like a fresh start and like just get to really think intentionally about things we want for ourselves personally but also uh, ways that we really want to keep growing Ebony's and the Ivory. So we've set some goals for us, but also for you all. And so we hope that you're going to do the same right along with us, either through the initiatives that we have come in, but also um, just on your own academically, or if you are um, in the job search process or you have a job, but you, you know it's time for you to move on, that you will really do your part to, kind of stay engaged with us so that you can get to your next thing and make 2019 your year too. So we're super, super excited.
1: And we also want to hear about you guys' personal goals, like, you know, on the podcast uh, website or on our social media websites as we post the podcast and ask you guys. We want to hear, you know, what you have in store or what you want 2019 to have in store for you as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. So for us, we have um, a few things ahead, few changes, but also managed to figure out how to keep you all um, on track with your goals, but also to give y'all a, a little bit of a taste of what we have going on inside maybe our like daily lives a little bit more too. So one of the things that we have switched up just a little bit, so you'll probably notice that by the time you all hear this, it'll be More towards the end of the month when this podcast will come out. And so that will kind of become the norm. We're going to try to keep it more mid-month, but we just needed to extend our downtime just a little bit. We still need a little more time. Um, And so just being able to give some room um, for some changes. So we'll always have, just like we did before, like our blog posts will come out first. That'll be something brand new. Great new topic, um, some way to engage you all around academia and obviously women of color in academia and what does that look like. It's interesting because even though we, during our season finale, talked about all the ways that, all the places, not the ways, all the places that you all listen to us from, um, a lot of you all actually read the blog and maybe don't listen to the podcast or people listen to the podcast, but don't necessarily read and engage the blog, which is great. Um, We want y'all to- look at both or look at either, whichever suits you. And so that being consistent was really important to us. So we always want to make sure that we have the blog post, but then a corresponding like podcast episode. So that's going to stay the same, um, but we're going to spread it out a little bit because sometimes you are that person that reads both um, or engages in both. And so uh, we want to, in between that because of an initiative that we have that's coming up, really um, incorporate This idea around mentorship. So, that is one of our posts and one of our podcast episodes that was the most popular, um, just in people wanting to know more about how to be a good mentor, what to do with that. And so, we're excited about what that will look like for us through social media. So, we'll share more about that a little later. Um, And then, we also want to make our Ebony's in the spotlight features much bigger. So, we want to be able to not just give a shout out at the end of a podcast episode because those of you who don't listen to the podcast and you're probably not listening right now, so I don't know. But if you if, if you happen to be listening and you're typically one of our blog readers, uh, we want to be able to highlight a little bit more and a little bit bigger our Ebony's in the Spotlight. So we really want to be able to give Um, more props to those women. And so we're going to try to find better ways during that fourth week of the month to really highlight that and and maybe just kind of recap not only the person for that month, but maybe for past months as well, depending on what's going on in their lives. Um, And then last up, we only get four of these a year, but if there's a fifth week of the month, we are going to start having our guest um, podcast Folks, So we're going to have people that are going to be able to hopefully come and contribute um, their experiences to our topics, but also um, offer all of us more knowledge about areas that uh, maybe we can't share with you or that they have a different experience in. And so we want to be sensitive to that as well. And so that'll be nice because during those months, you'll get an additional podcast episode. Um, So those of you who are listening and you love the podcast, Um, you'll be extra happy during those four months out of the year. So those are just some ways that we want to try to keep our momentum going, but also give you all more content um, throughout the month. So we appreciate all of you all who've been rocking and rolling with us since the beginning. And now you'll have even more ways to engage with us. So um, we'll obviously keep you posted as that comes. And so that's why, like Dr. Bell mentioned, if you haven't already, make sure that you are following us and connected to us through all of our social media platforms, because that's where we're going to put every single thing. Um, And we're going to have stuff on the website as well. But that is usually not the first place people go. Most of you all who've engaged with us have been through social media. So that's just a little bit about what's up next. And now I guess it's actually time to kick off. Our season two premiere. So one of the topics that uh, was super popular, I guess, all last year, really, um, and we kind of started even the podcast um, in some ways with this topic and the blog as well, was around mentorship. And that particular topic back then, we were talking about obligatory mentorship and just the, the way in which it can sometimes be overwhelming for those of us who serve on the mentor side. Um, But obviously, and I think we acknowledged this back then, um, we both are sort of beneficiaries of mentorship for sure. Like we've had excellent mentors. um, We've been able to be mentors to people as well. um, And so we understand what it takes on both sides to make it work. And so it's interesting because a lot of times when I was thinking about this topic, I thought about the fact that when we are trying to network or we're trying to meet somebody that maybe we know is working in our field or our research area and we are like almost like uh, fangirling over them from afar, (laughs) a lot of times we kind of lose our swag a little bit. We don't ever really think intentionally about the fact that this person is probably just as interested in getting to know more about me or my research topic as I am about you know, the things that they've written that I've read. And so I think just being able to really give yourself room to let let a little bit of your personality come out, let a little bit of your swag come out. And so that's why we named this episode Drip Too Hard, because sometimes you have to be able to be very confident in networking. And it also takes a lot of energy to maintain a mentorship um, on both sides. And so if you don't have that, then it, it makes it much more difficult. So um, for people who aren't familiar, there's a song out right now called "Drip Too Hard." I think I think it's Lil Baby and somebody I don't know who either person is, but um, I ain't gonna
1: lie to y'all, I never heard, of it. <laughs> never heard it.
0: Um, it comes on every day when I'm in the car driving to work, and so no, and the no. only the only part is that I know is this like. Drip too hard, and like if you mess around, you might drown. Like saying that's how hard they dripping. Oh. Okay. So yeah, use that as your as your motivation for um, really boosting your confidence. So that's what we just want to talk a little bit about today. We want to offer you guys some tips about that. So um, in honor of his birthday being. Two days ago, as well as the national celebration of his birthday, and the fact that Dr. Bell loves her some MLK, like loves, like yeah, like I think it's like God and Jesus, MLK and A. P. Turo, like that's like the order, Um, and then Ronald, her husband. So, (laughs) so he probably is a little higher, but you know, Um, yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, just a little bit Maybe a spot or two Yeah, don't tell him Yeah, he's probably going to hear it So, So, um, to start our discussion Though, I did want to bring up um, An MLK quote One in which that I think I've heard before But it's not one that's like Often, always out there Because a lot of people use it in sort of the realm of education, particularly it's often used for teachers. Um, And so I thought it was interesting to bring it up because it doesn't speak specifically to mentorship, but I think if you think about it, it actually fits very well with what mentorship really is. And so um, it reads, the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education. And that's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And what I like about this quote is that even though, again, it's talking about sort of like the, the objective of education is to really think, uh, to push you to think more critically, but it's also about character development. So for those of us who pursue doctoral degrees, master's degrees, um, faculty positions, um, postdoc positions, fellowships, all those things, those also develop our character, um, one of the things I tell people all the time about my experience in my master's program, and it's probably because we were in a clinical mental health program, was that as an individual, I grew so much because I had to like do a lot of reflective and introspective work Yeah, in order to be successful for my clients. And so I think that that same thing applies in the world of mentorship. Like You have to be able to recognize that, yeah, your mentor is going to teach you. Skills are going to, you know, give you information, but they also really, really help develop your character. And if, and if that happens, then you've actually found what people might call success. Um yeah. So. I remember talking, talking to a group of my friends about that um, and telling them, you know,
1: if, if you didn't change personally, you know, through the doctoral process, then you didn't do something right. You didn't give it your all. And you didn't put your your heart into it like you should have because you should change as a person. You know, people always say the, the press into quote unquote quote unquote break you or build you up or whatever. However you want to you know word it. I, I feel that you know it's so impactful and you know you pour your heart and soul into your program and in, into your writing and your body of work and your research. Um, you have no choice but to change. So I think again, like you said that. Kind of relates to mentorship, and that you know, if you're receiving from a mentor, not only should you be receiving, but you should be giving as well. So they should be changing too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you can't leave that relationship the same. Yeah, you just can't.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so because we've talked a little bit about this um, in particular, and so you all know this, but like when you're trying to navigate this like crazy world of higher ed, the need for mentorship kind of, like, intensifies, actually. Um, And eventually you learn, whether it's as you enter a doctoral process or even as you apply for the doctoral process, but getting through comprehensive exams, your proposal, your dissertation defense, that need for mentorship kind of, like, continuously increases. You never really stop needing people to mentor you. Um, And it's such a powerful tool that if you use it properly, like, it could totally jumpstart your career. Um, You discover new passions that you might have. Um, It really just sort of changes your life. And so we know if it does that in particular for anybody, for us as women of color, um, it definitely creates a whole different dynamic because we're communal and we love to be able to connect in a a different way um, sometimes than the majority population does. (laughs) So I think just being able... To recognize that, like it's super, it's a super valuable tool to 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 really use, and, and you have to like leverage it properly in order to gain the most benefit from it, right? Um, hmm And so, one of the things, and Dr. Bell hit on this when she said, you know, both people in the mentorship relationship should be gaining something, um, and so of course that's going to look different for every mentor-mentee pair. Because personality, as those of us who are like mental health professionals, we know that plays a role in any relationship, friendships, romantic relationships, uh, roommates, like you name it, that's going to play a role and a part in how you're going to navigate that relationship. And so it's really important for you to have an understanding of who you are so that you can pair yourself up with folks who give you um, that level of of comfort, but also who are going to push you, um, and not push you in the way that then you sort of give up on that mentoring relationship because you maybe get offended or you realize y'all are, are different. And so, um, I really think like the success of the relationship is up to you. And I think that there's not really a, there's not a lot of limitations on who can be a mentor. Um, I think whether they realize it or not, a lot of my, Close girlfriends, I consider them. They're my friends, but they are mentors in things that I don't have experience in, or right. that I maybe want to gain more experience in. And so, um, there's not this this limit on that. And so, a lot of times too, people will presume that it has to do with age, or that it has to mm-hmm. do with prestige. When in actuality, it's more so about um, being yourself and connecting with somebody who. Um, feels just as passionately about the work that you're trying to do as you do and they are passionate about helping you get that done um, and I just think that that's like super super important so Dr. Bell what do you think if you think about your experiences with being mentored or being a mentor what do you feel like are like the difficult tasks that come up in just trying to find that person to connect with if there are difficulties what do you think
1: um I think one difficult or one obstacle might be personality. Mm-hmm. Um like I know one of my mentors um is is my dissertation chair. Um and we have two totally different personalities. Like she is very direct. And I can be direct, don't get me wrong. But like she's a straight <laughs> shooter, like just straight, like just no qualms, like no No, host bar, just like straight. And I'm just like, did you just say that to me? Like, did you? Like, I'm just taking it back. You know, some people try to appease you, maybe sugarcoat it. Oh yeah, she's not like. She's a mental health counselor too, so you would think.
0: (laughs) You would think she'd have a softer approach, but she doesn't. She does
1: not. She does not. And like the first time, you know, I had I when our relationship changed in that way because it changed from. You know, me being a pupil, me being a student, her being my professor to, you know, her being my dissertation chair, her being my mentor, her being my advocate. And I saw a totally different side of her. So I was like shocked. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been knowing you for like three years. Where is this coming from? (laughs) Um, So I think just, you know, personalities gelling, um, matching, being able, I like what you said about you know, not being offended and things like that because I had to learn not to be offended
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because I had to realize that she had my best interest at heart. Yeah. She was pushing me and she wanted me to do better. Um, and she knew how to get me to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed that because mm-hmm. I know how I am. And sometimes I can, not even sometimes, my husband tells me all the time I'm strong willed. I am. I'll <laughs> give him that. I hope you are listening because I just admitted it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it I might mean, be the yeah, only I, time you hear that,
1: Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> you better listen. Um, but no, I am strong willed and you know I I I, I did if you let me eat you up, I just might like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so she she definitely wouldn't let me do that to her. Um, and she knew what I needed to push me. So I think, you know, one obstacle would be, you know, personality. Another obstacle I think would be um schedule. Yeah. You know, if you have a mentor who's, you know, doing the dripping. As, mm-hmm. we, as the kids say
0: right? Um, if they dripping, dripping, dripping too hard.
1: Know, they might be dripping too hard. <laughs> um, they got a lot of things that they need to do, um, and and you have to find kind of your, you know, your time and your space, and you know to be able, you know, to hold a conversation. You, know, you have to like maneuver around i each other's schedules sometimes. Mm-hmm. I um, we're not dripping too hard yet. Yet.
0: <laughs> no, not
1: yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Even we have to do that. So even just, you know, again, not being offended, mm-hmm. uh, understanding that they're your mentor. If you chosen to be your mentor, they're your mentor for a reason. Um, and they probably have a lot going on. So just being able to just find the time to schedule and be consistent in meeting times, that's important. And you definitely don't want to be not want to be canceling on your mentor. Like mm-hmm. they got other stuff to do too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, their time is just as important. So making sure, you know, being consistent in scheduling. Um, I think that's pretty much our main two. We're going
0: to do yeah, I think those both of which you've named and then I think figuring out Um, truly, if this person and you like are a good match based on just what you know in the beginning. So obviously you can't judge a book by its cover, but I think making sure that you understand, like we keep trying to put out there, is that mentorship is also a task and a duty. So it's a lot of work. And so being able to, to really reach out to this person that again, you are like excited about potentially having in your life in this way um, sometimes takes a little bravery. And so sometimes you have to kind of like boost yourself up a little bit to to make the ask in the first place. Um, and that can be, it can be weird. It can be awkward. It can feel, you know, particularly if it's somebody like that you don't have the opportunity maybe to work with academically right now, like through your program right. um, or through maybe your clinical work or whatever. It's just different. And so um, I remember one of, Who's, she's my mentor now, but I met this woman who I like literally, we were in a group of people at a conference and like just talking. And ironically, the reason that she's mentoring me now never even came up during that conversation. And so I met her maybe like two years before I actually asked her to be a mentor of mine. And it was just because in that moment, I could see while there are a lot of differences in the fact that, like, I'm a little bit more introverted and um, she may be introverted, but she never comes across that way. And so that was for me, like, man, that is like pretty amazing. And so she just in my mind at that moment, I was like, man, this is like a great clinician. She was one of the like guest speakers for that conference that I was at. And it was just really cool. And so, um, time just sort of like went on but I always I continued to kind of like follow what she was doing and kept in touch with her if I saw that she was going to another conference since we had at least had some exchanges since we met you know I would let her know that I was going too, and so we would make time to sort of like meet up even if it was between sessions and so randomly one day I think when I switched roles into the role that I have now, uh, which is doing mental health services, particularly for student athletes as my full time role, um, she was like literally one of the first people that like emailed me to congratulate me and to tell me um, how exciting this was. And I had no idea that was even like an area of hers that she like even cared about in life. Um, And so as we kept in touch and she was asking me more about my role, eventually, you know, I still kept watching stuff that she was doing. And then I was like, maybe I'm not looking hard enough. And literally I searched a little bit harder because I didn't want to be a stalker, but I also wanted to like know more. I realized like she literally had done so much work in the field of working with athletes and um, mental health concerns. And I actually was like, extremely well known for it and so um in that moment it for me felt like a confirmation and that the timing mattered a lot so had maybe Uh she started to mentor me back when I had first met her I would have only been using her for maybe the thing that I was doing at that time um Uh which was still able to be applied to now but it just was different I was in a different service area um, I met her under different circumstances that had more things to do with that particular service area, which is probably why athletics and sports didn't come up. Um, and so it just is amazing how that works. So it just can be hard sometimes to be patient, but also hard to like make that first move and not feel like you're a stalker. But you're like, ooh, you have something I need. And I need to at least be brave enough to, to say that I admire your work. Um, and if that leads to mentorship, then great. Right, I like what you said earlier about fangirling um,
1: but even like you taking it a step further so yeah you probably started off as a fangirl um, but you were patient in that you and hey nothing is wrong with a subtle stalk um, you gotta do what you gotta do Like have to and we have to, to to reach our purposes we have to do a little extra resource research excuse me um, you wanna it stalking or whatever um, but if we have to do a little extra research on something you know, we need to be connected with or we feel that pull of like, hey, I need to be connected with this person. <laughs> I don't know what I do. Um, but I like and so okay, let me do my research, let me see it and then ask you a patient and you asked. So perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, you learn more and then you realize that, you know, her knowledge was applicable to what you were doing currently in your career. So that would be that's some good advice. Yeah. So Go past fangirling to doing your research on that person. That's another thing. You want to make sure that when you ask somebody to be your mentor, like you know kind of the area um, that, that you're focusing on, um, how that alignment between you and them can come into play as well. You don't just ask anybody to be your mentor. Hey, I think you're cool. You got, you know, you secured the bag, so can you be my mentor? Like, mm-hmm. no, you need to be purposeful and you know, your interaction purposeful and your asking purposeful and your conversation purposeful and what you want to receive. Yeah,
0: definitely. I totally agree with that. So you get this mentor, um, y'all hit it off, you have so much in common. They start sharing with you things that they're working on, like all these great things. Um, And so then it's time to sort of like Realize that, like, in order to keep this thing going, you have to sort of maintain it, and that can look all sorts of ways. And yeah. I think we've kind of talked through it a little bit, but most of us have to make sure that we meet the obligation to like give also what you're asking for. So knowing that you're gonna have to, you know, be intentional and, and email people back when they email you, or call them back right. when they call you, or um, you know, if your schedule changes and y'all have something set up to to be considerate enough to. You know, cancel in advance if you can, and like just being able to sort of like think about that. Are the things that I immediately think about in maintaining anything else, Dr. Bell, that you think is important to maintain that relationship?
1: I think you have to be aware that the relationship, you know, it is—it's gonna look differently. Like it might be intense or intense. I'm looking to do career change, so me and my mentor are going back and forth, giving me, she's giving me here, she's giving me tips or advice or whatever, Um, and then as I transition into different roles, into different responsibilities, our mentor and relationship also is going to transition, and just kind of understanding it doesn't have to be, um, I guess, intense or intensive, the entire time there'll be ebbs and flows um, within the relationship, Um, and that's okay.
0: Hmm. So then what do you think about sort of the actual strategies? So we talked kind of about this, too, a little bit in talking about the difficulties. But when maybe somebody is in that new setting, um, you know, maybe they're a new doctoral student. And I have a probably good example of this, but you're a new doctoral student, your first week of class. Um, or even during, like, your interview process for your doctoral program, um, and you meet this person that you just are like, oh, my gosh, they're like everything. And more than likely, and I hope that if you are applying for a doc program, you've already looked up who your faculty is so that when you go to your interview or when you start your classes, you have an idea of what people's research interests are. All right. You want to bring that up in your interview? As exactly. Well. you definitely do. They're gonna ask probably, but you should yep. bring it up even before they ask. Um, but being able to sort of really think about, um, you know, what is what's needed in order to kind of put your best foot forward, um, you know, like strategies. And so part of it is like what we've talked about, being able to reach out, give a little subtle stalk if you need to. Um, and giving yourself, like, you know, room to be able to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and let them know what your interests are and what your passions are and what your research area is, so that they too can determine if they, you know, equally would like to be a part of and benefit from that relationship. And so, um, I think that that plays a big, big part about it. Any other like tips or strategies, Dr. Bell, that you can think of? I
1: think. I think realizing like, you know, just like this person is someone that you're looking to, to see you know, information from and um, you want to make sure you know you're utilizing time wisely. Like, just like their time is money, so is your time, like mm-hmm. you're important too. Um, so you want to make sure that you use your time wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I keep touching back on being intentional and being purposeful um, in pursuing. You know the relationship and maintaining the relationship um but just you know making sure that you know you're confident and and you know you just you have every right to be mentored home as you do to be mentored um i think confidence is key
0: yeah i definitely agree with that so knowing that we both have had and you gave an example well, we both did of like great mentors in our life and just how our ability to sort of network and connect with them um, at different points in our life actually ended up benefiting us later in life. So like your mentor who you mentioned you met during your master's program and maybe at that time didn't know specifically that she would become your dissertation chair, but was also a big part of you pursuing like your doctoral studies. And so in the moment of first meeting her, Um, you maybe never would have thought that. And so the same thing, like with my example meeting uh, one of my mentors, not knowing that she would become this great influence for the work that I get to do now. And so um, are there other ways that you feel like you have been influenced, whether that's in your personality or your character, like our quote talked about earlier from Dr. King, or um, educationally as well that, you've had people who have just played these really influential roles um how do you feel about what they've done for you absolutely um,
1: i think just like the quote says like character like enhances education so you can be educated but if you're not really a good person <laughs> or if you don't have character your moral compass is broken mm-hmm. um, then what good is that you know if you're not giving back if you're not you know You know pouring the knowledge that you have into others or what what good is it so um as far as like mentors that you know i've encountered in my life they definitely push me Mm -hmm. that's what i need uh, Mm -hmm. to be pushed um and to and they've they've um modeled for me Mm -hmm. you know what it looks like to be a success what it looks like to persist what it looks like to be resilient what it looks like to be a career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are very important. Like modeling is so important. And we, we learned that, you know, in our counseling program, um, you know, modeling can, can help build self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just saying, you know, they did it so, I know I can do it because I've seen her do it. Yeah. Um, them just serving as, you know, models for me, Um, modeling how to be a successful career woman modeling how to be a successful caretaker you know a family member um, modeling you know just how to be successful in all stages and all fronts um, and just killing it in every you know area um, has served me well just to be able to see them do it it's really you know enhanced my self-efficacy
0: yeah definitely they really do serve as some of our our best examples and um, the people that we, you know, really can lean on because a lot of times they just get it in a different way than right. family or friends who aren't going through that process. Like, and we've talked about right. that on the show before when we we're just talking about making sure you, you know, you love your family and friends, but if they've never walked this journey, right. particularly through education, it's hard for them to they empathize, but they still can't fully place themselves in your shoes and so it's nice to have someone who is a mentor who's been there who's walked that way and that doesn't mean all your mentors are academic or like that they've walked in your shoes um, or that maybe you're walking in their shoes but um, it definitely helps for certain academic settings and situations.
1: Absolutely
0: so that brings us kind of to the close of that topic we really wanted to talk more about mentorship and bring it back up because we have some exciting news
1: yeah! Yay!
0: so um just obviously based on feedback that we've gotten from you all um those of you who listen in those of you who live in the cities that we live in and we get to see you in person and talk to you in person um, one of the things that has come up multiple times is for us to develop a mentorship program. And so we are super excited that for February 2019, we will be launching um, the Ebony's and the Ivory mentorship program. So we're super, super excited about it. Um, By the time you all hear this, hopefully, uh, you should be able to go to the website to sign up to either be a mentee or a mentor. Um, and so we're going to keep that window open for a little bit so that maybe by the end of February, we at least start matching folks in pairs. Um, and we want this to obviously be as efficient as possible and make the pairs be a good fit because that's what we just finished talking about, that that matters. Um, and so we want to take time to make sure that um, we pair people up who either have similar research interests, maybe you live in the same area, uh, maybe you have the same sort of academic agenda. Um, So we really want to be intentional about that, but we are super, super excited. Um, And so at the minimum, the terms will sort of be as follows. So if you want to be a mentee, um, we would like for these folks to be current master's students at least, but maybe are considering the PhD um, because that's what we're here to do is to push you towards that goal um, or a current PhD student as well. Um, And so we would hope that at least you would be within that window if you are a PhD student of two years postgraduate. So if you have already completed your doctoral studies, but maybe you're still trying to navigate that world post getting done. We've talked about job searching, all those things. um, You can still be um, mentored. And so we wanted to leave that window a little wide so that um, we understand what it felt like to be. We just got out of like our two year window like like a, a half a year ago. Well, almost a year ago. That's crazy. Time is flying. Um, and so we definitely, we know what that journey feels like as well. So that's our mentee terms. Mentor terms would be anyone who's a current PhD candidate or beyond um, because that would obviously sort of give us some room for those of you who are master students and really just want to know a little bit more about the journey from somebody who's um, very much still in the thicket of it. Um, So we would want sort of mentors to at least be a current PhD candidate or, you know, you've graduated or your faculty or whatever. And so um, as of right now, That's really all you sort of have to have. And so from our end, expectations in order for these mentorship relationships to be successful, because obviously we're not going to bring you guys a janky program. We want people to grow. (laughs) Um, We do want people to sort of stick it out for a year um, and have this commitment so that at least once a month you and your mentor um, connect and you all get to be able to share with each other what's going on. And we're going to offer all sort of forms of support to help foster this because in the beginning you're going to just be getting to know each other and that's going to be different and weird and all those things like we just talked about but um we're going to help foster that a little bit more for you but we're just asking that at minimum you commit to that on both sides whether you're a mentor or a mentee um and we're gonna foster some also in-person ways to meet some virtual ways to meet and so we're just super, super excited about it. And so we hope that anyone who is interested on either side that you consider signing up to either be a mentee or a mentor. So, anything else on that, Dr. Bell, before I-
1: No, um, I would just say, like we want to make sure we give y'all you know something that's quality, um, and we want to make sure that both parties are committed. Um, so we're gonna make sure the participants is, you know go to the website and sign up. Um, just, you know, do some introspection on where you are in your life and, you know, do you really want to mentor and what are you seeking out of that mentor-mentee relationship? Um, what are you hoping to gain? What are you hoping to give? Um, and just really, you know, taking it, you know, seriously because we, you know, definitely want to make sure that we're um, edifying and building up, you know, everybody's not, every women in our community um, and we want to stick true to our mission and to our purpose of, acknowledging you know women of color and and supporting them in any way that we can um so you know just making
0: sure that you're you're down for the ride and down for the commitment yes definitely and so we're so excited about it we've been holding that in for a really long time (laughs) y'all have no idea um that was definitely a 2018 brainchild that has been in the works for a while so we're really really excited about being able to to do that with you guys. So, I hope that you all will consider signing up. So right there we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with our signature segments. Hey, y'all, we are back with the second half of the show, and it's time for our signature segment. So, first up? up is our culture corner. Um, I know Dr. Bell gonna have some stuff to say about this, I have I'm some stuff to say about this, and this is not even like where I am in life, um, yet. And so, just being able <laughs> to feel so emotionally tied to this lady's suffering, um, okay. who actually this story, um, this woman based on phenotype only y'all because I don't really know. she does not appear to be a woman of color, but Come the circumstances
1: on
0: the, <laughs> the circumstances I can't stand you. Uh, the circumstances um, are still appalling knowing that as a woman um, in 2019 that this is still happening. Well, and this happened to her in late 2017, early 2018. however, Um, this is now just coming to the light because now there is a legal case involved. So let me tell you guys what's happening. So, um, uh, Dr. Evangeline Hillinger, um, who was a visiting professor of gender, sexuality and feminist studies at Oberlin college in Ohio. That's where she is now, um, actually filed a lawsuit against Wichita state university. That's in Kansas, Um, And so she filed this lawsuit based on her claim that the officials there retracted an employment offer once she revealed to them that she was pregnant. So this is what went down. So in the lawsuit, it says that she applied for this tenure track position um, in their women's studies um, department in late 2017. She was interviewed. She did her in-person interview um, in early February, in February of 2018. Um, And then she was offered the job via phone, so like she heard somebody's voice, tell her you have the job on March 15. Okay. So, mm-hmm. And so she wasn't showing? The- I'm, a, I'm yeah. assuming not. I feel like, I mean, think about this, though, because I even thought about a lot could happen in this time. So if she applied in late 2017, let's just say that's November, okay? Okay. And okay. then... um. She does not get her in-person interview until February. Well, usually the first like eight weeks is when people sort of find out that they even pregnant, like that they even had. So that's two months anyway. So that's November and December. So maybe she found out in January. So then by the time March rolls around and they give an offer because it's still another two weeks or so because she did her interview in late February, um... You know, then maybe by that point she's like, okay, well, I'm through my first trimester, Trimesters, so yeah. now I'm gonna tell people because I also need to figure out where this child will lay his or her head if when I'm they get here. The right, yeah. all these things exactly. Mm-hmm. So during the phone call where they offered her the job, she mentioned for the very first time that she was pregnant and was just inquiring or starting to inquire about childcare options um, on campus. So the next day, she gets a message from the dean of that college, expressing um, well, she no, she emailed the dean expressing her excitement about starting a new job, and then the dean emailed her back later that same day, saying that he had become aware that she was no longer available for the position and that they were removing her from consideration. That's a direct quote, and so um, Dr. Hellinger responded and told the dean that no that's incorrect i'm actually available and very eager to start to position and never heard anything back like nothing like <sighs> dial tone so it's just disrespectful but anyway
1: <laughs> be-
0: beyond it being just disrespectful um because of that you know also there's some legal like issues there yeah. in my opinion and i'm not a lawyer y'all know
1: that's this it's yours.
0: Yeah. So so now she is seeking um more than $75,000 in damages from Wichita state plus any fees that she incurs during like the legal process from the case. Um and so of course like this lady is like well qualified. They obviously had picked her for the candidate because she's who they wanted and then her having a child has now suddenly just changed everything, which I again I think it's just the most disrespectful thing. So, what are your thoughts, Dr. Bell? I'll give mine right, later. I'm give them hell, Dr.
1: Hill. Give them hell. <laughs> two, for those of you who don't follow me on any social media, um, what I did over the break was have a have a baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Surprise.
1: Oh, surprise. Um, I was throughout much of 2018. So when we went to NBCC and you know, popped off. Ebony's and Ivory, I was pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was like three months pregnant, too. Mm-hmm. Um, And I just had my first child, Reed Bill no, Reed for president. He's so cute. Um, hashtag, oh he's the cutest.
0: Reed for president.
1: My, my baby came A cute. I mean, you know, whatever. He's <laughs> asleep um, right now. If y'all ever hear like crying in the background or anything like that, he's very strong-willed, so
0: excuse him. He got it um, honest.
1: Yeah, excuse him. You might hear him crying. You excuse know, me. a time or two. It's okay. <laughs> um, but this, I'm in my feelings about this um, because for number one, I went on a well, I inquired about a position and I actually got to the phone interview. And I know I'm qualified for this job. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I know I was qualified. I'm um, very qualified. Um, and I, I felt like I had the skill set that they needed, and everything was going well, um, and I knew that because it was a university position that I would have to, you know, do an on-campus interview. Mm-hmm. I'm eight months pregnant, guys, <laughs> so there's really no hiding that i would be pregnant, so I told them, I said, look, I just want to let y'all know I didn't have to do that because mm-hmm. um, I know my rights. Um, right,
0: you could have just showed up for your interview. I
1: showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my rights. My daddy is a human resources guru. He teaches human resources law, um, <laughs> and he's always been a human resources. He's the human resources director for the state of Louisiana. So, like, I know my rights, and if I know I'll call my daddy. <laughs> um, but um, I, you know, I disclosed because I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I was eight months pregnant. And I didn't feel like playing no games. <laughs> um, and I just wanted them to know, you know, hey, I'm having this kid. You know, I'm gonna have to take maternity leave. I'm just letting y'all know right now. I don't have time for the games. And I feel like when I was on the interview, um, you know, everything was good. And then when I said that, like, people were laughing because I kind of made it. I was like, you know, I'm going to big, big and pregnant, walking around campus, and they laughed and everything. Um, and I feel like that, like, one of those my chances that mm-hmm. I to do. That it, it happened because pregnancy a and pregnant women um, are seen as a liability. Um, and I, in America, period. Don't get me started on like, oh, don't get me started on like maternity laws and like paid maternity leave and like work-life balance. Like, I could really go on all day about, you know, what our maternity leave and how we treat pregnant working women and and, you know, pumping and breastfeeding and all that like I will get on my like horse and like trot away. Like I'm I I can talk about that all day.
0: (laughs) Not trot Um, away.
1: (laughs) But um, you know, I feel like I could have possibly been a potential candidate for that position. Um and it was something I would have been really passionate about but I was pregnant so I didn't count myself out, unfortunately, and I feel like that is the tone and the tenor um, that you can't find uh, American today You work too hard, and if you can't look somebody, um, then they're not like a candidate. Uh, so my sentiments, I empathize with Dr. Hellinger. Um, she didn't have to disclose at all. Um, me, personally, if I wasn't showing, just because I know, you know, first of all, you, know, you It's illegal to ask a woman if she's pregnant Mm. in a job interview anyway. Um, Me, personally, I probably wouldn't have disclosed. Um, You know, if I'm not showing for what um, I'm the researcher that I am, I would just figure out the childcare on my own. I would have called the daycare myself. (laughs) I would have looked on the campus website because usually they have that information. Um, about like how much of your pay can be allotted towards, you know, daycare. Like, do they withdrawals from your paycheck? Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. So, um, like I said, my sentiments, cause I was pregnant, um, with my son. If y'all ever heard me like out of breath, um, in the pocket. <laughs> Last season, I had something pushing on my diaphragm. His name is Reed.
0: Um, It was like the so, hardest oh, secret to keep. I cannot breathe. Y'all,
1: I could not breathe. Like, I'd like to keep the whole thing kind of
0: It was such a hard right secret to keep from y'all. It
1: was, y'all. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just, you know, went to make sure everything's okay. And I'm kind of like a private person anyway. So I didn't tell a lot of people, I kind of just popped up with, like, a baby at, like, my baby. Like, what the heck? So I put it on social media. And, like, shoot, I'm about to have a baby next month. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I I literally felt free when she did that. I was like, oh, thank God, somebody else knows. Because, like she said, she told me in May, and this is, like, October, November, when she's, like, finally telling the rest of the world. I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) And
1: I only wanted someone to tell you you in person. But, like, yeah, a lot of
0: my family didn't know to then either, besides, like, my immediate family. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's a very vulnerable time. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm very vulnerable. Hormones are raging. You can't breathe. Like, when me and the kids do the podcast, I can be like, Keith, I got to use the bathroom. Like, (laughs) I just did. I know, but I got to use it, like, every 30 minutes. Like, it's just very vulnerable. And then for somebody to treat you like that when you know you're qualified, like, I know, like, for our listeners and our followers who are pregnant, or, you know, who are mothers, I know that y'all can, like, this resonates with y'all. It's infuriating to me Mm -hmm. Um, the way they treat. You know, mothers who bring y'all's behind into the world
0: um, yeah literally
1: like yeah. literally um <laughs> how we treat mothers in the workplace it, it just burns me up Yeah. um so you know I feel all types of ways yeah it's all crazy all types of ways it's so crazy
0: so that's part of this week's culture corner um I hope that she gets all 75,000 of would, her coins my
1: girl should have asked for more oh. <laughs> she should have asked for more like
0: mm-hmm. she deserves more
1: because they know that that's
0: illegal yeah that's like crazy. it's clear as day that's illegal yeah so it's insane so the other highlight that we have and dr Bell didn't know i was gonna put this in here but i did um is she was actually featured um in a local houston magazine called voyage houston because um, sometimes I forget she lives there and not down the street <laughs> from here. In Bat- I forget Roo. I live here too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it's super exciting. It's all about um, kind of like our initial vision for Ebony's in the Ivory, but also from her perspective, you know, balancing it all, kind of what we were just talking about a little bit and just really um, diving into what does it mean to be a scholar, a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a clinician, like, all these, like, really cool things. So, I was too hyped to get to finally read it. Uh, we had a lot of secrets from y'all. We've been kept a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Not, that, okay. not, But we've been on a break. So, we're just trying to catch mm-hmm. We're just catching y'all up um, yeah. on things that have happened. Anything, Dr. Bell, about that experience you want to share? Um, I think it was it was awesome to be able to spotlight
1: everything that I read and just to you know, from the perspective of women of color um, in a place like Houston, you know, from here. Mm -hmm. um, But even that they would, you know, think that what we were doing um, is as impactful as we know it is Mm -hmm. um, or as essential as we know it is Mm -hmm. um, to highlight that in the city of Houston. It just makes me think of, you know, when, you know, we ran the analytics and, you know, a lot of listeners came from Houston um, just to see, you know, it highlighted here. Um, I'm very grateful for the platform and just to be able to talk a little bit, like you said, Dr. Poole, about balancing act and acting. And, you know how you know the obstacles that we faced in creating the brand. You know where it came from. You know how it became our brainchild. Those being able to share you know, my personal background. You know a, a little bit. You know mm-hmm. with my family and where I gained inspiration from. And that's something we're gonna talk about in a little while, but. You know, just what makes me me and how I got on this path and how we met and how our vision aligned. And um it was just great to be able to share that. So. Yeah,
0: well, I'm super excited. Obviously, we're going to share it with you guys. Um And it's already, it was posted on social media, if you haven't seen it on our Instagram. But we'll put it on the and website Facebook. and Facebook. Um So we're going to put it on the website as uh-huh. well so that if you want to read the full story, you can to see... Dr. Bell's feature in
1: Voyage Houston. Yay. Yay. Shout out to Voyage Houston. Sh- shout, out. And shout out to Keith the photo um, because she did some Cassandra did some great headshots. So shout out to you um, for yeah. coming to my house. And, <laughs> Reed. and Reed was hollering his head off but she pushed through. She had all her equipment. Aww. She
0: set up
1: everything. So shout out to you for meeting me in my house and doing that because I wasn't going to get out of the house.
0: Yay, Cassandra. (laughs) No, I just think it's super awesome and just really important for us to have opportunities to like tell our stories and really use our platform to inspire others um, because we know all of you out there have great ideas, great research thoughts, great experiences that are worthy of being shared with other people and so like we said our job is always to set the example and so i'm i'm just super super excited and proud of my friend um for doing that so Thank that you. it can highlight what we're doing and what she's doing because she's you know drip too hard <laughs> <laughs> but
1: also you know what it also like just motivated me to keep going um, yeah. and just know that you know we're you know, we're reaching people out here, and we're, we're doing something, we're doing work that's important, so motivated, me, like, motivated me to, you know, reach our goals, and, you know, the things that we talked about over the break, the things that we brainstorm, um, to continue to pursue those things, um, and be able to pour into as many people as we can.
0: Definitely. So, kudos. yep. yep. That's, Part of our last part of our culture corner, I forgot. We got extra extra long culture corner today. We um, So we've talked to you guys about the mentorship program. We're not kidding. Go on the website. Go sign up. You're going to love it. Um, and we are super, super excited about it. And if you have questions, email us. Send us a DM. We'd be happy to answer those questions. If you're not really sure whether or not you qualify, whatever, just let us know. Um, and we will answer you so that we can get you involved because that's what we want. Um, On the table are two other ideas. And maybe we should, we we dropped a lot of bombs on y'all today. Maybe we should save some of these for later. Um, to be able to sh- like share them. I know we dropped a lot. We, we we dropped a lot on y'all today. Um, some, some different changes. So, um, maybe we'll hold these cause I think, yeah, let's hold them. yeah we, sure we'll share it. We? We'll, we'll get the mentorship thing going first. That's a priority for us. We literally yeah. have been thinking about this for a long time. So yeah. Um, we definitely want you guys to get involved with that before we get you overexcited about the other things that are coming, which are pretty exciting, too. So for now, we'll close out our culture corner there. Go to the website, ebeneeseintheivory.com. Sign up for the mentorship program. Um, and if you have questions, let us know. And then our last segment, because we were supposed to make these episodes, our the other thing we talked about over the break was like, okay, we're gonna make our like episodes like thirty to forty five minutes, so that people can like listen to them in the car and when they work out and whatever. We promise to do better. It's our season premiere. We're too excited to be back. We have a lot to share. We have to drop all these bombs on y'all. Our drip is mm-hmm. too hard. So, drip too hard. <laughs> so too hard. we just needed to make sure that we. Um, Extended this time because we wanted to share everything. So last thing is our Ebony's in the Spotlight. We definitely couldn't end the show without what is our favorite part of the show. And because we've talked about mentors and we have both talked about um, people who have come into our lives, our lives later in um, our journeys. But we actually have like two original mentors that OG. none of this OGs of the OGs, like for real. Um, none of this would even be a thing without them as our examples. And so we definitely want to shout out and highlight as our Ebony's in the spotlight, our moms. So we definitely want to, um, just give a word of thanks, shout them out. So Dr. Bell, I'll let you go first, introducing Dr. Jackson. All
1: right. My mom is, Tanya Jackson, aka Dr. Jackson, she's been. It's funny because, like, you'll hear similarities when we start talking about our is, It's like uncanny.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: she's been in, in education for. This is her thirtieth year. Um, and she's retiring this year, guys. Um, she is infamous at in her school. I mean, infamous, y'all. Like, because she plays no games. Like, she's biology. <laughs> um, and human anatomy and physiology. Um, and, like, literally, she plays no games. Like, I have people, like, I didn't go to the high school. My mom went to. My mom sent me to the magnet school, um, in Baton Rouge. Um, but people are like, oh, man, your mom's class is so hard. To the point where, like, every and everybody, you know, from Zachary goes to Zachary High, for the most part. So, like, all my cousins, like, her, her nieces and nephews, like, had to take her class. Like, I trusted <laughs> that. Um, <and> she, like... <laughs> She showed them no cut, y'all, like, my god sister had to take a class, like, her goddaughter, no cut. <laughs> Ruth Like, people at our church, just no cut. She don't care. Ruthless. Um, because she demands excellence, like, mm-hmm. she, she literally demands it in every aspect. She's been teacher of the year, she's been taught, Cox teacher of the week, she thinks she's been teaching the year twice, um, she just kills it, like, she just, she's excellent in everything that she does, she also teaches... At a local community college, Um, and everybody who takes her classes like, even though it's like super hard because she demands excellence, like you walk out of there like knowing what you need to know about the human body. Um, But also, like her kids always like, like man, you prepared us for college, like, Mm -hmm. like prepared us more than anybody. So she's like fulfilling her purpose and has fulfilled her purpose. So she's getting ready to transition from K through twelve to higher at a full time level. Um, but my mom, she's like, if you know her, like, she's just dope. Like, she's not nonsense, but, like, she's funny. Like, she'll dance with you. She, like, is the queen of jigging. If you're from, like, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know what jigging is. Um, <laughs> that
0: That is true. You. I have witnessed it at your at yeah, your she, wedding. That was yeah, the she best time. Out.
1: She, is, she will dance. She will out jig you. Um, <laughs> when, when, like, the dougie was out and when, like, Walk It Out was out, like, that was... That was her thing, <laughs> um, so she'll like outdance you for sure. Um, what else do I? Mean? She's just she's just great. Like she's persistent and she's resilient. Um, she's a first generation student, um, but you know she went from first generation to getting a PhD. Yeah. Um, and you know she's in, I actually got a chance to use her as one of our participants once. All class, um, she kind of inspired me um, as far as like my thought alignment um, and what I wanted to do with Ebony's and the Ivory. So um, she's just great. I mean, she she I can't speak enough about her. I don't have enough time to tell y'all. But, <laughs> she is. Um, but yeah, she she has a PhD in science and math education, um, and she actually um, from Southern University of Baton Rouge, she actually took Jags. me to um, yeah, Go Gojax, She actually took me to her proposal defense. And like, I was, I think I was in grad school. And I was sitting there like, what are these people doing? Like, why are you asking all these questions? Like, I didn't know anything <laughs> about the defense. So I'm looking like, I'm like, get no PhD if this is what you got to do, because they're just asking boku hard questions, like, and I'm just like, this, I'm ready to go, like, this is ridiculous, but she, like, did it, like, amazingly, and, like, she she didn't stutter, she didn't, um, she wasn't caught off guard, like, and they were asking that stuff about, like, science and math, like, who knows about that kind of stuff, but she does, um, so, like, that was my first taste of my um, because I didn't get to go to my dad's doctoral defense or anything, um, but, that was my first taste of like defenses and um, what it takes to get a PhD. Um, her dissertation is sitting on the living room table, so when I was writing mine, I used to go back and kind of look. She gave me some methods, um, so she's always served as a great inspiration for me. Um, and I just I can't have step because that's my mom. Like she, she's none at all. So like I, I feel like you know I owe her a lot just in how much she's done and how much she's persisted for our sake, um, as her, her children, um, how dare I come, you know, with anything less than my best. So she's great.
0: I love it. Yes. So wait till y'all hear the similarities between these two ladies. (laughs) So my first mentor is Miss Amanda Jackson. No relation as far as we know but you never know we're from Louisiana. You never know. Right. Um, and she is also an educator. Um, I think this year would make this might either make her 29th or 30th year as well. Cause I believe, um, she started in 1989, um, teaching. So this would be pretty close to that if not the year. Um, and, uh, So the fact that she's an educator and that Dr. Jackson's educator automatically lets y'all know what type of homes we grew up in. Um, What I like admire most about her as, I'll say, a professional first, um, because that's the role that most of her students and colleagues know her in, is that she is consistent. Um, She too is no nonsense, but she also um, is somebody who will go above and beyond to make sure that her students have what they need, not just in the classroom, but- Personally and interpersonally, so their parents love her. Um, and she to this day, we can be in Walmart or Target or the mall. And students um, who had her, you know, just tell her so much how much either her tough love or her um, extra outpouring of love on them made such a difference in their life journey, and so. That for me is always inspiring because with or without a a degree, I would want to be always viewed as a person that people felt like um, contributed to their success in a positive way and to who they are as a person, and then that they viewed me as a good person. So she's super special in that sense. Um, Yeah, she's hilarious as well. She's hilarious, hilarious. Um, like so funny, um, but super supportive as a mother. Um, even in her role as a daughter, being a caretaker to my grandmother, um, and she of her siblings. Well, and really of the family, I'm pretty. My mom is the was the first and the only um, to go to college and complete college. So she was first generation. Um, For both her siblings, but also even, you know, my grandparents and their siblings. So she was the first. So she set the tone. And it's funny because to this day, even though she's the baby of her siblings, everyone um, waits for her opinion and thoughts on things, which I think is pretty, like, pretty dope because it's kind of powerful. So she's dripping too hard. Um, And so what I love about that is. You know, being able to sort of set that example for me, um, you know, she would always tell me that education was sort of my key to be able to get wherever I wanted to go, Um, her and my grandmother. And so being able to have the experiences with my mom since she was a single mom. We, you know, had to make scheduling work because I was also the kid that she didn't want to miss out in any experience. So I was in band. I did cheer. I did dance. I did whatever, everything. Um, But being a teacher, too, she worked almost similar hours. And then sometimes afterwards, because you have parent teacher conferences and not the ones that she was going to for me, but for her own students. And so um, some days we would be literally running between schools. Um, and for the most part, I always went to school near or at least close enough for her to get to me if she if she needed to, um, so that sometimes I would be going there and helping her with her bulletin boards and meeting some of her students and just getting to really um, see her at work, which is inspiring. Um, and if she listens to this, she'll laugh because one of the other things that I loved so much about her, um, and to this day, people always compliment her on, like, her style of dress. So I'm talking 80s, 90s, y'all. This lady was fly. Like, she was fly. And so it was just, she like, she still is. Like, she will be matching head to toe. It's, it's to toe. hilarious, but great. And so being able to know that she is not going to step out if she is she doesn't come correct. And and that, too, in itself was a lesson of, like, you you are able to do your job so much better when you are being yourself, but when you feel like you look your best. Um, and I think she, you know, really always showed me that in the way she left the house every single morning for us to to head to school. And so um, I'm super excited about just being able to see what is next for her. We I still can't get her to retire. I don't know what she's doing, but she's still working. So she's taught high school, middle, and elementary. So she's in elementary now. Um, and specifically in all of those areas, she's always worked in special education and that in itself too as a teacher it takes a, a special type of teacher um, to make that work. And so, again, the lives that she's touched and the growth that I have gotten to see in the students that she's worked with when many people um, kind of you know, dismiss them as being unable to to progress and to succeed, she would always go that extra mile for. And so that has taught me as an instructor and as a professor and even as a clinician that I'm probably going to always try to go that extra mile for the, especially for the folks that people don't believe will do their best. So I'm so happy that she was chosen by God to be my mother. Um, I hope she knows that she's such an inspiration and I'm, I'm excited just to continue to see what else um, she will do next because She, whatever it is, it's gonna be like beyond awesome because that's just how how she functions when she's not joking around and playing on the phone. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) so, yes, yes. And she's so new, like, it's like insane. I know that sometimes on the show, y'all could probably hear it come out from me a little bit, but I try to slow it down so y'all can understand what I'm saying. She, like, it's it's hilarious one day we might have to bring them on here it'll be it would be great um y'all would love it they probably would take over the show and y'all wouldn't want to talk to us anymore so um those are our ebony's in the spotlight because we just thought we couldn't have a conversation about honoring mentors or having mentors without honoring our um original mentors so like dr bell said they're the og's for real of mentorship um and apparently not even just in our lives but in both of our descriptions in the lives of the people that they have touched particularly through education so we're so grateful and obviously blessed to have had them in our lives so we've kicked off season two that's we've reached the end of the show but so excited. Oh, my gosh. I know it feels good. Hopefully we don't feel too rusty for y'all. It's been a minute. (laughs) Um, But I think that we're super excited about what's ahead. Um, We appreciate y'all, like we told y'all during the finale, for tuning in all year last year and um, being so dedicated. And so we hope that 2019 y'all will still rock and roll with us. Uh, We have so many exciting things ahead. Um, you heard earlier in the show all the new ways that we're trying to continue to expand the reach of Ebony's and the Ivory. And so we hope that you'll be a part of that. So make sure that you're always paying attention on social media to what's happening on EITI Tuesdays. Look at our um, website for the blog post to find the story about Dr. Bell, um, all sorts of things. So you got a lot to catch up on too. We dropped a lot of bombs, but y'all got a lot of things to go check out. And so we hope that um, you're here for the long haul because we have so much more to bring to you guys. So if you have an idea of anything else that you want us to talk about, let us know. You know how to reach us through social media, like, follow and subscribe. Um, and of course, send us your Ebony's in the spotlight because we want to be able to highlight what you all are doing and what your peers are doing Um, And no accomplishment is too small. I know we said that all last season, but we're going to say it again. Doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) Send it our way. Um, And we're just so excited to be back. Well, I guess that's going to be the end of our episode, what, 13 of the podcast. Lucky 13. Um, (laughs) So we will see y'all in um, a little bit. Bye, everybody. Bye.